Well, it's the start of another week on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as always, and uh, I can't speak for the rest of you depending on where you are located around the country, but here in Kansas City where I am, it's a snowy end to the week, it's a frigid end to the week, and nothing sounds better to me Then a little bit of Big 12 baseball. Yes, yes, yes. You heard that right. And I can't wait. We're going to be covering this. Derek Duke's going to be leading our coverage. I'll be helping him as the baseball season gets underway here uh, over the next few days. This weekend is the opening weekend for Big 12 baseball, and we're pumped up about that. I think you're going to see some baseball coverage. Well, definitely more baseball coverage than you've ever seen from us. And uh, we're excited about that. So please do check out the site. We've already got previews up for the weekend here for Big 12 Baseball and Big 12 Softball, by the way. I must add, Brian Clinton is going to be handling a lot of our softball coverage as well. So just an exciting time as I look outside and see the snow falling and uh, think about how it's going to be 7 degrees as a low across Kansas City here over the next couple of days. I'm pumped up. I'm ready, and I hope you are as well. Great, as always, to be here with you. And uh, obviously, we're in the throes of basketball season, right? And we're going to get to that coming up. Our guy, Matthew Postens, will join us as well. But I want to uh, flag for you what I thought was an outstanding piece from Derek Duke. And that is the premise of his piece, which you can read on the website, was to never forget what ESPN did or tried to do to the Big 12, where it tried to destroy this league and destroy this conference. That's what happened here. That's something that we should never forget. Because we're all going to be watching Big 12 games on ESPN, right? That's going to be happening over the next uh, several years through the end of the TV contract in 2025. But... As we look ahead and as we look at what is next, there will be a next. This league is going to be just fine. In fact, I think it's going to thrive beyond what the national talking heads are going to say. I think in basketball, by the way, losing Oklahoma and Texas and adding Houston, adding Cincinnati, those are solid basketball programs. In football, you're adding four solid programs. In BYU, who could have won the Pac-12 this year. Sorry, Lincoln Riley. In Cincinnati, who got the college football playoff. In Houston and in UCF, who I believe is a sleeping giant. Uh, You are going to be in very good shape. Are you going to have the traditional blue blood? Probably not. Can you have a highly competitive, highly talented Power 5 conference in this sport? No doubt in my mind. You can have that if you're the Big 12 Conference. But you're going to have to do it through promoting yourself. That's the reality. You're not going to get the love from ESPN. We all know that to be the case. Uh, You're just not going to get it. They'll occasionally write a piece. I mean, uh, Adam Rittenberg, who's been on this show before, wrote a piece on ESPN Plus and uh, talked about how the new look Big 12 is ready to thrive. We appreciate him writing that. I thought it was uh, a solid article. But at the same time, is it something that's going to resonate across college football fans or ESPN talking heads and writers going to suddenly start pumping up the Big 12 in favor of the SEC or the Big 10? No, that's not going to happen. We all know that's not going to happen. It's sad that it's not going to happen, but we know it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Just a sad reality of the times that we're living in right now. 
as long as ESPN has the massive and biggest monetary stake in the SEC, then that is going to continue and it's not going anywhere. And I've come to accept that. Like, you know, I've been doing this show for eight years now with this website and talking to you guys, many of you on the podcast for just as long. There was a time when I was genuinely pissed about it. I'm not pissed about it because we won. What do I mean by that? We won. Well, the Big 12's still here. It's not only here, it's going to thrive, it's going to do very well, and I'm very optimistic on the future of this league. I can't wait to talk to and talk with and, and get to know you know the UCF fan base, the BYU fan base, the Houston fan base, and the Cincinnati fan base. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be really exciting. But we won. They didn't kill us. They didn't kill our league. They didn't and indirectly kill our website. Which, trust me, I was thinking about last summer as all this was going down. I'm like, geez, I spent, you know, almost a decade of my life building this thing up, and it's all going to go up in flames because of ESPN. Trust me, I, I, I thought that, and now it's not going to happen. And for that, I say, you know what? This conference is alive. It's thriving. It's in a good place. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. Bring it on ESPN. Let's see what happens on the next TV contract, where this thing goes, who's in play, who's possibly bidding on this. There's a lot, a lot of uh, good conversation to be had about this and around this. And there's going to be suitors, maybe extra ones. NBC, I mean, CBS has been out of the college football game since they lost. I mean, at least the major college football game. They still may have some more... uh, lower conference games on CBS Sports Network. But in terms of having that game of the week on the SEC, they don't have that. Maybe Amazon. I think the Big 12 is going to get very good money and still probably third after the SEC and the Big 10 and ahead of the ACC and the Pac-12. That's where I see this league going moving forward. The only thing that right now is going to hurt the Big 12 is the Big 12 itself. And I'll tell you why. I was at the KU-Oklahoma game on Saturday, the basketball game, with my father-in-law. And it was, boy, I've seen two KU games in my life, both over the last couple of weeks. I saw the Texas Tech double overtime game, and I saw on Big Monday, uh, and then I saw on Saturday the Oklahoma game where Kansas was down in the first half, came back, had like a seven-point lead with a couple minutes left, almost blew it, and Oklahoma had a shot at the buzzer to tie or win, and they missed it. KU won 71-69. So I've been blessed to see a couple of great games in Allen Fieldhouse. But I'm standing there with my father-in-law waiting to uh, look at the 13 Rules of Basketball, the original document that is just, it gives you chills when you see it. It gives you chills. It's back at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Booth, David Booth, their big donor, paid $4 million in an auction. 4.4 to be exact. I don't want to shortchange him. $4.4 $4.4 million to bring the original document, 13 Rules of Basketball from James Naismith, back to Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, unreal. And it's right there. I mean, it's right there. There's always a line for it, and it's just so cool to see it. So anyway, I'm standing there in line waiting to see the 13 Rules of Basketball. And there's a couple of KU fans in front. We kind of get small talking and, and chatting and whatnot. And... One guy says, we were talking about the football renovations, football stadium renovations possibly coming. They're rumored to be coming for KU. And he said to me, yeah, man, this is all a play for the Big Ten. And I know that there's a segment of KU fans and Iowa State fans, for that matter, who long for the Big Ten, who desperately want to be in the Big Ten. 
but just pump the brakes. The Big 12 has a really good thing going. All right. Is it the Big Ten right now with some of the brands? No. But then again, the Big Ten, the brands are really Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Penn State, and then to a far lesser degree, Nebraska, because they really haven't done anything, maybe Wisconsin. Although, once again, not a national brand by any stretch. I Like, the Big Ten is not what I think KU fans and and Iowa State fans think it is. Is it better with more prestige than the Big 12 in football? Yes. Is there an academic angle to it? Yes. I understand those lines. But this notion that, oh, yeah, I mean, the Big 12, we're just hanging around here until we get to the Big 10. Stop with that. Stop. Don't be, uh, you know, the next Texas. Don't. I believe this league, as it's presently constituted, or as it's going to be constituted once Texas and Oklahoma leave, is a very solid Power 5 league. All right? And accepting that for what it is and embracing that for what it is is going to be great. It's going to help Kansas in football, number one, and it's not going to hurt them in basketball. All right? There's, oh, well, the Big, 20 right, or the Big 12 right now, best league in American basketball. That won't be the case in a couple of years. What's that going to mean for the Jayhawks? Nothing. Basketball, more than football in some ways, the brand matters. Think Gonzaga's worried about being in the whack? No, of course not. It's not the case at all. All right, so so it's not going to hurt KU in any way, shape, or form. But when I say the Big 12 at this point can only hurt itself, it's because somebody bails or somebody insists they have to end up in the SEC or the Big 10 because fill in the blank. I'm still not convinced, and this is not a knock on Oklahoma, I'm still or Texas, I'm still not convinced in any way that outside of money, this is going to be a great move for both of those schools. Just not convinced of that. And it's something that bears watching going forward. And while I'm very excited about where this league is going, I just hope, I hope it it doesn't ruin itself from the inside out. And it genuinely does come together because Texas is gone. And while it's good to have Texas as a linchpin of your conference for monetary reasons, even Texas fans will tell you, and rightfully so, what Texas want wanted, Texas got. Texas was not really interested in being a team player. If we can have a bunch of team players that stay together, this league is going to be absolutely fine. In fact, it's going to thrive. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up next, Matthew Postens will join us to talk some basketball on the show. Now, before we get to Matthew, if you could take a second out, leave us a rating and a review on this show. I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie for you when you leave me that rating and review. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get that koozie Right in the mail for you guys. Can't thank you enough. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And a Heartland College Sports koozie is coming your way. Appreciate you guys. As we do each and every time this week, we talk some Big 12 basketball with Matthew Postens, our lead writer, and does an outstanding job covering Big 12 hoops. Men and women, I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, of course, is where you find all the content on the website. Matthew, another uh, great week of Big 12 basketball, and I think the best place, the obvious place to start is uh, Texas Tech and Baylor. What that means for the Big 12 race, it means Kansas is 10-2, and two. Tech and Baylor are sitting there at 9-4, and four. and then Texas a game back 
at eight and five. You've said the last couple of weeks you feel like Kansas is the team to beat. Did what you saw? Uh, did what you saw from Texas Tech change that at all on Wednesday night? No, not really. I mean, as far as the regular season championship, I still think Kansas is going to win. Um, now with a two-game cushion, um, you know, they still may lose a game down the stretch here. But you know, you've got Baylor and Texas Tech, and Texas now beating up on one another in Texas. And Texas Tech still have another game with each other. Baylor still has to play Texas again. So there's there's a you know a lot of a lot of fighting going on between those three teams right now. And you know Kansas has got uh, there there are a couple of games behind or they're one game behind the field just because of COVID. They had to reschedule some games, so there's still a little more room for error for them. But I still think at the end of the day, Kansas will end up winning the regular season championship. Now, the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City. That's a whole other thing that that's going to be a really interesting slugfest, especially that quarterfinal day where everybody will play and you're going to have some really interesting quarterfinal games. Yeah, it is. Now, Matthew, I was thinking about this with this Kansas team. Um, you know, I was at the Oklahoma game. I'm driving home on Saturday. I'm listening to Bill Self's press conference. And for a guy that's got his team in the top 10 in first place in the Big 12, headed for another Big 12 regular season championship, Bill Self just doesn't seem content with this group. I don't know if it's the Remy Martin angle. I don't know if it's, you know, saying, well, I've got a sweet 16 team. Do I think I have a national championship team? Maybe not. Uh, am I reading into that too much, or do you think there's something there? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure Bill's ever content. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've heard him after press conferences down here for TCU games and other games that I've covered. I mean, he's always got something that he's, you know, quote unquote, grousing about. I, I, I think there's some level of him trying to make sure that this team keeps driving toward its goal of winning the big 12. And I'm sure that he's a little frustrated with just the whole Remy Martin situation. He brought in a guy who was a high scoring guard at Arizona state. And, you know, he came in and for the first couple of months, Remy Martin had a really good run for them. And, and since he had that knee injury in uh, early January, he just hasn't been quite the same. So um I think over the past couple of weeks, I've really seen Kansas, you know, find some interesting ways to create some uh, roles for guys off the bench. Zach Clemens had a really nice game in that Oklahoma game you talked about, gave them some really nice minutes off the bench, did some uh, great defense on Tanner Groves. Um, I, I think this is just Bill being Bill right now. You know, you're at that point in the season where you kind of want to get to the NCAA tournament. And uh, I'm, I would imagine some of that's probably part of that, too. Well, the other team in the uh, Sunflower State, Bruce Weber, Kansas State, this team has suddenly ripped off four of five wins. They've got Oklahoma State this weekend. If they win that game, it's five wins and six games heading into uh, Lawrence, actually, next week. So Bruce Weber, we always talk about that hot seat. Uh, is he off it? Does he still need to get to the big dance to get off it? I mean, they're sitting there right now, Matthew, sole possession of fifth place in the Big 12. Yeah, they're right there in the middle. And if you had told me a few weeks ago they would be right there in the middle, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, you know, they've they've just really started playing some great basketball. And I think we forget that, you know, for really the first three or four games of conference play, they were hit hard by COVID. I mean, they had to play because they had the numbers, but they only had six or seven scholarship guys to play. And Bruce Weber didn't even coach in two of those games. So that really kind of set them back. But you look at the way they're playing right now. There's just a great rhythm with everything they're doing on the offensive end. Their defense has improved. Um, they've got, you know, a, a semi-favorable schedule down the stretch. I mean, they've, they've got to keep winning games against teams like Oklahoma State 
and, and these other teams that are kind of in the bottom half of the conference that they have left in their schedule. If they can get into the tournament, and right now they're a bubble team, I, I think that would probably save Bruce Weber's job for another year. I'm sure that a lot of folks don't want to hear that in Manhattan, at least the ones who hit me up on Twitter every week in my mailbag asking me about Bruce Weber. It's <laughs> the number one consistent question I get every week. But you got to give him credit. You know, as much blame as you want to give him for what happened after Barry Brown and Dean Wade, they weren't ready to go that next season. You got to give him credit for finding the right transfers and putting the, the putting all this together and really putting the ball in Nigel Pack's hands and just letting him run with it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, a team that has gone in the opposite direction here in recent weeks, K-State's trending up. Iowa State continues to uh, really find itself in a tough spot. Now, they got to win a TCU this week. That's a good win, but it snapped a four-game losing streak. I think you've said on this show, Matthew, I mean, they're 4-9 and nine in big fall play. If they get the 20 wins you believe they're in, that would be three more victories, only one more ranked game ending the season at Baylor. Do you still feel that way about this Cyclones team? Yeah, I do, because they've just got so many quad one wins sitting there uh, that, you know, I think the committee is going to look at that favorably. I know there's been a lot of discussion this week about, you know, they're four and nine in conference. Well, so is Oklahoma, you know, West Virginia's three and nine, you know, TCU's five and six. I mean, you know, six, six of the teams in this conference are under 500 uh, at the moment in conference play, but that doesn't diminish the fact that Iowa state has eight quad one wins. They're one of only a handful of teams that have eight or more quad one wins. And oh, by the way, two of those teams are Kansas and Baylor. So uh, I think that if they get to 20 wins and they have a favorable schedule down the stretch, I think that gets them in the tournament, no matter what. Matthew Poston's Jonas talking big 12 hoops. So after Kansas and Texas uh, Tech, you got Baylor right there as well, and then Texas. Those are your four ranked teams. Uh, CBS wrote a piece this week saying that, uh, looking at this and saying, okay, we think that Tech and Baylor are the two teams in the Big 12 who, has, who have the best chance at a deep run in March. They left KU off that list. Is that fair, Matthew? You said you like KU to win the Big 12, but do you agree that maybe come March they're not the Big 12 team set to make the deepest run? I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think they'll have Remy Martin back by then. Uh, I think uh, David McCormick has kind of been freed from, you know, I think ever since Bill Self said that David McCormick's not going to be 100% physically this year, I think it's kind of freed him a little bit to kind of be the player that they want him to be. He's still not totally consistent every game, but he had a double-double the other night against Oklahoma State. And he's had three or four double-doubles since then. So I think he's starting to play more like the player they wanted to play, and Bill Self has developed a deep bench. I think Ochai Agbaji is the kind of player that's going to go into March and have the kind of tournament run that Devontae Graham had a few years ago when they got to the Final Four with a team that, frankly, is probably a little less talented and a little less deep than the team he has right now. I think they can get deep into March. I think Baylor and Texas Tech can as well, personally, but I, I'm, I'm not necessarily buying the argument that Kansas can't get to the Elite Eight or even the Final Four with the team they have right now. Matthew Poston's joining us. Uh, two of the teams at the bottom of this league, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Boy, I mean, Oklahoma's had a couple of tough losses here back to back, Matthew. You think about the, uh, the the game that they, I don't want to say they blew the game at Kansas, but they had a sizable lead in the first half lost. And then, of course, the Texas loss uh, this week as well is a tough one that went to overtime. I, I saw this Oklahoma team firsthand, and I, I feel like this team is starting to gel and mesh and come together with this group under Porter Mosier, do you feel the same way or do you think there's just something missing? I, I feel like they've got a good chemistry 
among that team. But you know, the the big pieces have been inconsistent. You know, Tanner Groves has had some games where he's been, you know, just almost non-existent. Uh, part of that's foul trouble, but part of that's also been defense. You know, Moja Gibson, the, the game you saw play, saw him play against Oklahoma. I think he had 30 points and eight threes in that game. Um, well, the games, you know, before that and after that, he was barely a factor. Uh, they need him to be more consistent from the three-point line. Uh, you know, Jordan Goldwire has probably been their most consistent player the past four or five games. And, you know, he's a solid offensive player, but he's not what I would call a high level offensive player. So I feel like that, I feel like they actually had a better chemistry probably about a month ago than they do now. It doesn't mean they can't get to the NCAA tournament still, but one thing to keep in mind, uh, no team or just one team since I think 1994 in the pre pandemic era reached the NCAA tournament with fewer than four wins over 500. And that was a Georgia team in 2001 under Jim Herrick. So right now, Oklahoma, just two games over 500. They've got to get some wins down the stretch. They do. And it was uh, for Gibson, it was 30 against Tech and then scoreless against Kansas. So you're right. It has been uh, very much up and down for him and that team. Well, Matthew, it's always great to have you on talking some Big 12 basketball. It's going to be a fun weekend. We're heading down the home stretch. Big 12 tournaments less than a month away, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man. That wraps it up for us. Appreciate you guys. Take 30 seconds out. Leave that rating and review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. You can only get it by leaving a rating and a review. It makes a huge difference in helping this show grow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.